Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast. As always, I'm Colin, and surprise, surprise, no Austin today. He comes back for one show on Monday, uh, and now he's gone. He's ghosted again. Um, we're going to have to revisit uh, revisit his, his contract, revisit the suspension, um, and we'll have to report that to HR, and we'll report back. But it is just me here today. I hope everybody is enjoying March Madness. I'm recording this right now during the UCLA Gonzaga game. We had a lot of great games uh, going on today. Honestly, we had the K State and Michigan State game was very good. UCLA or UConn Arkansas blowout, but uh, this Gonzaga UCLA game is good. The uh, FAU Tennessee game is good. This is one of my favorite times of year outside of college football. Um, but on to the NFL. Uh, we're, we got some news here for some a little bit more ancillary pieces. Last week we had some bigger news um, with some signings. This week some some smaller signings, uh, some smaller trades. Uh, and then we'll, uh, we released the C200, our cornerstone rankings over at the site. They are an aggregate of our... Uh, founders rankings. So it is Alfred, myself, Felix, Matt, Chris, and Austin who are all ranking them. And Jarek obviously put them all together with his witchcraft. Uh, so it was a, a whole whole team effort here for the uh, for the C200. Uh, we released those on Monday. They are for the NIL tier. For anybody who missed that, definitely go check those out. Uh, it combines the top 200 uh, fantasy football players in the NFL side and on the NCAA side. So it's all combined for your C2C leagues. Uh, we had a lot of people asking for those uh, and with good reason. You know, it helps you to value NFL players versus uh, college players. So it's a great resource. Definitely go over there and check that out. Um, Matt, uh, Austin, Felix, and Chris did a release show with that over on the YouTube channel. If you have not listened to that yet, I highly recommend you do so. Uh, I'm going to be talking NFL news, and then I'm going to do a recap of my rankings for the C200. And uh, I have, uh, have have I have some answering to do, apparently. I got called out on the C200 rankings show, and I will have a rebuttal uh, during that section here. But before we get into that, this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great pods. You can follow all of them on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live or check out the Friday Drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. And if you're looking for additional NFL or CFF content, Fantasy Points is a great resource. So definitely head on over there and check out what they have. Uh, into the NFL news, and we'll start with some kind of news, but there's no, there's nothing uh, tangible yet. Austin Eckler is reportedly relentlessly pursuing a better deal than what he has with the Chargers and what the Chargers are offering him. Um, so this would be, it would be a trade. Uh, and I think it would be a downfall for his CFF value or for his um, fantasy value. Now, how big of a downfall is a good question. That's obviously going to depend on where he lands, but I don't think there's another uh, place out there that is going to give him the type of work that he saw in, in LA uh, with, with the chargers, you know, there's, there's not a lot of great landing spots left out there where he could go and just be a bell cow 
Um, you know, especially this late into free agency, we have some other running back signings we talked about last week. We have a couple this week too. Uh, the 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 chairs are slowly being taken away here from the uh, the game of musical chairs at the running back position, and he uh, is sitting at a pretty good one right now. So I understand him wanting to pursue a better deal for money for himself, but uh, for fantasy purposes, if he does go anywhere other than LA. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of a hit to his stock at least and, you know, could could drop him even further. Uh, I wouldn't move him yet. I would still just stay in a holding pattern, but definitely a situation to monitor. Uh, we did have two trades this week. Elijah Moore, wide receiver from the Jets, traded to Cleveland. Uh, that's a really interesting one. He's going to be tied to Deshaun Watson, who is a good quarterback. Uh, he is a quarterback who has made fantasy relevant wide receivers uh, before, like numerous of them. Um, so he can definitely do it. And he'll be with Amari Cooper and um, Donovan Peoples-Jones. And I think he'll slot into the third wide receiver role in that offense. He's a shot to be at least tangentially fantasy re relevant this year, maybe a flex play. Um, and at least until we see how he fits into that offense. But I think this is at least a minor stock up for him because he just did not really seem to fit in, in, in New York with the jets there. And uh, he was already jumped on the depth chart and in the pecking order by Garrett Wilson as a rookie last year. Um, it just didn't really seem to be a good fit. So I think a, a change of scenery is going to be good for him. A minor stock up there. Uh, the other trade we had was Brandon cooks was traded to Dallas. Uh, I think this is a, a good trade for his value. I mean, Houston is going to be getting an upgrade in the quarterback position this offseason, presumably, assuming that they take, you know, one of Bryce Young or CJ Stroud um, or even Anthony Richardson. All three of those guys would be upgrades over Davis Mills and the guys that they trotted out last year. So, you know, I, th I think despite the, the increase in the improvement in quarterback play, um, moving to Dallas is going to be a better situation for him i mean yes cd lamb is still going to be the unquestioned one there in that offense but I, I think that michael gallup really struggled to come back last year from uh that acl injury that he suffered before he kind of struggled all year last year never really looked like himself but either way dallas needs a field stretcher um so you know Dak isn't the type of, of quarterback who's going to be you know throwing bombs deep downfield but Brandon Cooks is going to fill a good role in that offense. He's still a talented wide receiver. He's 30 years old. Um, I, I think he'll still be, you know, flex worthy play here and there. Uh, so, you know, Cooks, uh, not a stock up, but also not a stock down um, in terms of value for fantasy. Um, into the, some free agent signings here. Uh, Adam Thielen signs a three-year deal with Carolina. Uh, obviously, they just traded DJ Moore to Chicago, so they have an opening as their you know, go-to wide receiver. I think Adam Thielen and Terrace Marshall will kind of be competing with each other on the outside. You know, Maybe Chenault in the slot. Maybe they draft somebody to go along with the quarterback that they presumably draft at number one when they trade it up. So we'll, we'll see how that one shakes out there. I think Adam Thielen is largely done for fantasy relevancy. I think if you can move him now, I would do it. Uh, I don't know if anybody's going to be biting, but the fact that it's a three-year deal, maybe some people think that this is going to be an improvement for him. Uh, but I, I think this is really 
kind of the end of the road for him. So I'd be looking to move him while you can. Uh, other free agent signings, we have a, a trio of them at the running back position here. First, we have Devin Singletary signing with Houston on a one-year deal. I don't really think this means anything for Devin Singletary. I mean, if anything, it's kind of a stock down because he was at least, you know, a flex option when he was in Buffalo there. I think he's just going to be, he's just good enough to make that running back situation annoying with uh, Damian Pierce. I think Damian Pierce is probably still going to lead that backfield. But I mean, you're looking, I think it's going to be like a 60-40, maybe a 55-45 uh, split. Like, I think it's going to be pretty close to even there, uh, which is going to be annoying. And honestly, um, I don't know how great that Houston team is going to be next year, even with a new quarterback. Um, I, so I, I'm not really all that interested in Devin Singletary. And all this does is kind of drop Damian Pierce uh, for me uh, a, a decent bit. I mean, he, I still think he'll have the opportunity to be a flex worthy guy, uh, but, you know, I don't see him being an RB2 like he was last year. Uh, next up, we have Damian Harris signing with Buffalo. So Damian Harris essentially filling that Devin Singletary vacancy. He's going to be the the big back, the bruising back that's there with um, James Cook and Naheem Hines. I know there's been some speculation that Buffalo will draft a running back this year. I've seen Bijan mock to them a little bit in the first. And, you know, maybe maybe they do. But I think Buffalo just kind of wants to roll with a, a committee at the, at the back there. And, you know, Damian Harris, he's not going to catch passes with the other two guys there in that offense. Josh Allen's good enough around the goal line that he's going to poach some rushing touchdowns. I mean, Damian Harris is essentially faded from fantasy relevancy here. He, he would need an injury to get back up into being anybody that I would ever want to start. And then the last running back signing, we have Donta Foreman. He signed a one-year deal with Chicago. So, you know, kind of filling that David Montgomery opening, but it's just a one-year deal, $3 million, not much of an investment in Donta Foreman. I don't really think all that much of Donta Foreman either as a running back. I think he's fine, um, but... I think his days of being a fantasy starter are probably over. I still lean on this being, you know, probably more Khalil Herbert's backfield than Donta Foreman, but maybe similarly to Devin Singletary, you know, it might just be good enough to make that situation annoying and make, uh, you know, throw some cold water on any Khalil Herbert hype. Um, two more free agency signings here. Dalton Schultz signs with Houston and I think that's an interesting option, actually. So Houston, you know, trades Elijah or Brandon Cooks away. Doesn't really have a one number one wide receiver. They have Nico Collins there, who is okay. Um, I don't really think all that highly of him in terms of being a number one option in a passing offense. But if he's a de facto one, then you know it is what it is. But I think that's going to open it up for Dalton Schultz because he like I said he's not really a, a number one option and and Dalton Schultz at the tight end position can be especially if they bring in a rookie quarterback uh we've seen you know that rookie quarterbacks do like to you know lean on their tight ends throw some easy passes over the middle some easy completions and I think Dalton Schultz can be a good friend to whoever the Texans draft at uh at quarterback so I think for Dalton Schultz this is pretty much just a status quo for me here with him i think he's uh you know he's okay 
He's probably like tight end eight, nine. Um, you know, maybe he dropped a spot or two, um, but that would really be about it. I still think he's going to be a fine fantasy option. Um, so we'll we'll see how it ends up shaking out there. I'll, I'll be more interested to see what quarterback they draft as to, you know, where, how how it's going to impact him. Because if it's an Anthony, if they draft Anthony Richardson, uh, I, I'm not as confident in, in Dalton Schultz as I would be if they drafted, you know, Bryce Young. I'd be a lot more confident with Bryce Young. But still a solid fantasy option there for Schultz landing in Houston. And the last one is Baker Mayfield signing with Tampa. Obviously, with Tom Brady retiring, uh, they have Kyle Trask, who is not an NFL starting caliber quarterback. So they needed somebody there. They're, pro- they're probably too low in the draft to really get anybody this year, you know, sitting at, I think they're like 19, 18 in the draft. So they had to go get somebody. I think Baker was was about as good as you could have hoped for. You know, maybe they hope for Jimmy G. Jimmy G probably a little bit better than Baker, but he ends up going to the Raiders. So yeah, I think, I think Baker's going to be a fine option. You know, we saw him struggle in Carolina on a bad team, and we saw him do solid in uh, in L.A. with the Rams. With I don't want to say a decent team because it wasn't a great team last year, but you know, with a good play caller in Sean McVay. So I think going to Tampa, he's going to have some weapons on the outside with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Uh, he has a couple, you know, decent tight ends there. Cameron, uh, um, Kate Otten, Kate Otten was the guy that they drafted there. So he's, he's still hanging around. Um, he's intriguing and they don't really have that great of a running game. They're probably going to be leaning on Rashad white, who is a good pass catcher at the running back position. So that can help Baker out as well. So I think this is about as good of a landing spot as you could hope for, for Baker about as good of a landing spot as you know, about as good of a option that they landed in Tampa Bay that they could have hoped for. So overall, this is a pretty solid marriage here. Baker is still a low end QB two, but if you have him, Hey, you can spot start him if you need to. All right, moving into the main part of the show here, and that's going to be the recap of my C200 rankings. So if you missed it at the beginning of the show, the C200 rankings are our version at Campus to Canton of Cornerstone rankings. It's the top 200 players in the NFL and NCAA uh, for us. And it's a an aggregate ranking. It's a combined ranking of all uh, of six of us uh, founders, so Alfred, myself, Felix, Matt, Chris, Austin, Jarek, obviously the one who built this because he builds everything for us and is completely irreplaceable. We could never do anything without him. So, uh, but we don't have it. We don't have those rankings right now sorted by individual ranker. We have been asked if some people are going to be able to do that. Um, we don't have an answer at this point. We weren't really planning on doing it, but enough people have asked that we are are reconsidering it. So stay tuned. We'll um we're we're gonna keep looking at it. We're gonna keep figuring that part out. But for now, it's just the aggregate ranking. Um, so you can't see mine, but I wanted to break down some of my rankings here, especially after being called out. Uh, and, and one of my rankings was called criminal on the YouTube show. So we will uh We'll get to that in a little bit, but I'll start with my top 12 and they're pretty much exactly what you would think. It's Patrick Mahomes, it's Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, AJ Brown, CD Lamb, Tyreek Hill, 
and Jonathan Taylor rounds out my top 12. Jonathan Taylor may surprise some people that he's, you know, at the back half of my first there, but I still believe in Jonathan Taylor. Um, I'm still willing to, you know, give him a chance now that um, Shane Steichen is over there. I think that he's going to improve that offense a little bit. We'll have to figure out the quarterback position, you know, Gardner Minshew. Uh, he's competent, but I, I, they're probably going to want to draft somebody. So we'll see how that ends up shaking out there. But I still like Jonathan Taylor. He rounds out my top 12. Those guys are the elite fantasy assets, regardless of your format. You know, you, these aren't the guys that you ever trade for college pieces. You know, I, I don't care what really the package of college pieces is. I'm probably not moving any of these guys for any sort of a package of college pieces. It would have to be, it would have to be, a, a ridiculous offer for me to really even consider it um, because these guys are proven they're proven they're studs we know what they are we know they're gonna uh you know score points for us each week week in, week out set it and forget it kind of guys um so those are my top 12 now my top rookie players um I'll, I'll run through just you know the top couple that i have here so i have Bijan robinson sitting at 13 so he is right behind uh, Jonathan Taylor. He and Jonathan Taylor are very close for me. Bijan Robinson, depending on his landing spot, could jump him a spot or he could just stay where he's at. Um, next up is a, a cluster of guys. And something you're going to notice with my rankings and something I'll mention again is my rankings tend to have players clustered together. Now, whether that's college players, whether that's rookies, whether that is... Um, you know, at a certain position, whatever it is, like I have guys clustered together. And the reason I do it that way is because it's kind of tier related. But so you have, I look at these as, you know, would I trade the guy at 18 Dak Prescott for, or would I trade the guy at, at 18 Dak Prescott for Deshaun Watson at 19? No, probably not. But Deshaun Watson at 19, would I rather him than Stefan Diggs? Uh, that one's a little, you know, yeah, I, I think I would. I think the legal troubles behind Watson, and I think having a value, a quarterback is a lot more valuable. So, you know, I have a, a cluster of quarterbacks for me from 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19. Um, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Caleb Williams, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson. So all those guys are, are right there in that same cluster, but they're right behind. They're all behind Bijan Robinson. So I'd rather Bijan Robinson than all of those guys. But I'd rather all of those quarterbacks than any of the next tier of wide receivers. You know, Stephon Diggs, Marvin Harrison, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Adams. Um, so th I, that's kind of why I cluster it that way. And then when you do the same thing on rookies, I'm kind of looking at it as as rookie picks as well. But you know, um, we get into this cluster of rookies here, and I have Bryce Young at uh, 41. CJ Stroud at 42, Jameer Gibbs at 43, and JSN at 44. So those are all your, your early picks uh, in, in the rookie draft. You know, I, all of those guys, they're right behind T. Higgins, who's at wide receiver 40 for me, or who's at 40 overall for me. And they're just ahead of Cooper Cup, who's at 45. So that cluster of rookies there, uh, I think in terms of pick value, I'd rather have T. Higgins than any of those guys. So if you're talking rookie picks like i would rather t higgins than the 102 i'd rather t higgins than the 103 but you're looking at cooper cup now it's a different story 
I think his career is a little bit shorter. We're not quite as sure about the quarterback situation, at least long term for him or the the head coach with Sean McVay. There's some rumors about him. So ultimately, I would rather those four guys than him. So that's kind of why I cluster it that way. But uh, that cluster of rookies, there, all still inside my top 50. So I think all four of those guys are going to be high end fantasy options for you. Um, it might take a year. But I think they're all going to get there. And I don't think the the landing spot matters all that much for those guys. Um, and then next, I have Anthony Richardson at 50. Um, and he is not in, a, in, in any sort of a real cluster there. Um, he is a little bit more of a unique situation because he has such a high ceiling. But that floor could bottom out and it could bottom out quick. And it could also take a little bit to, to realize that ceiling as well. You know, if it's going to take him some time to adapt in the NFL, even if he turns into, I think a best case scenario is a Jalen hurts type option. It took Jalen hurts a little bit to get there. You know, uh, he didn't start off right away. And it's also going to take a, a certain play caller who's going to utilize his strengths. And I think if you're drafting Anthony Richardson in the top 10, like we think he's going to get drafted, you know, then, I think that is is a good indication that they intend to use him in a create more creative way, but is a little bit more risky. So he's a little bit behind those guys, but I would not fault anybody for having Anthony Richardson higher than that. Uh, but if you're looking at the quarterbacks, just strictly in terms of quarterbacks here, Anthony Richardson is behind that, that top tier of guys, you know, Mahomes, Allen and Hertz. Uh, he's behind the next tier of guys in Burrow, Herbert, Jackson, obviously. Then I have that huge cluster that I mentioned earlier with Lawrence Fields, William, Caleb Williams, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson. You got Tua uh, mixed in there as well. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud in, in the mid 40s, who I just mentioned. So, you know, Anthony Richardson checks in, you know, my, my QB 14, QB 15. Um, and if you're talking about in terms of just, NFL dynasty, you know, he's, he's checking in at my, you know, QB 13, QB 14, because Caleb Williams is up there. But I, I think that that's a very reasonable spot for him. I just have a lot more of guys at other positions ahead of him. But if you have him higher than that, I wouldn't really fault you for it. Um, and then the next up for rookies is I have another cluster here. Um, I have Jordan Addison at 83, Zach Evans at 84, and Zach Charbonnet at 85, and uh, or and Quentin Johnston at at 80 at 82. Sorry, I missed him. So Quentin Johnston at 82, Jordan Addison at 83, Zach Evans 84, Zach Charbonnet 85. Those guys that cluster is sandwiched between Amari Cooper and uh, J.K. Dobbins. So. Uh, you know, I think Amari Cooper being with Deshaun Watson, we saw what he could do towards the end of the year last year. Uh, he's still not an old wide receiver, so he's still got some years left in that you know two to three year window. So I, I like uh, I like Amari Cooper more than any of those guys, but I do think a lot of those the Quentin Johnson, Jordan Addison, Zach Evans, Zach Charbonnet can all be really solid fantasy pieces for you. So they're all still top one hundred assets for me. Uh, and then next. Looking at some of the college players that I have here, um, it, the top college players that I have, I have Caleb Williams at uh, 16. So he's ranked in the middle of that QB cluster that I mentioned earlier, uh, right behind Justin Fields and right ahead of Dak Prescott. So I think you know uh, Caleb Williams' rushing ability gives him a higher ceiling than Dak Prescott. 
Um, Justin Fields rushing ceiling gives him the same or if not better ceiling than Caleb Williams. And he's in the pros. He's done it for a year in the pros. Uh, but the thing with Caleb Williams, too, that you have to factor in here, and the reason he's at number 16 overall for me is because he's going to have another high-end college year here. He is going to be a QB1 on the college side again next year, and he's going to be a guy who can win you championships for your college side. So you have to factor that in. Then, like I said, you know, you put him projecting him to the NFL. I think he's going to be a better fantasy quarterback option for you than Dak Prescott. Obviously, there is more risk there. But uh, I think that's right where I would slot him in. And I know that I wasn't the only one who had him that high because, um, you know, as a as a group, um, we have Caleb Williams ranked 13th. So I'm actually a little bit lower than than the average there. But uh, I think we all we all have high hopes there for Caleb Williams. Uh, my next top college player is Marvin Harrison, Jr. Uh, I have him ranked at 21. So I have him just behind Steph Diggs and just ahead of Jalen Waddle. Uh, I think the thing with Marvin Harrison here is I have him behind Stephon Diggs because we know what Stephon Diggs is. He's tied to a high-end fantasy quarterback that we feel good about in the long term. Uh, and he's not an old wide receiver either. So he has a number of years left with Marvin Harrison Jr. He's going to put up big numbers for you on the college side this year. Going to be a wide receiver one for you. Another similar to Caleb Williams, he could be a league winner on the college side for you. And he has prototypical alpha size, which is definitely helpful, which is that's kind of what separates him from Jalen Waddle to me is I think that Marvin Harrison Jr. can be a prototypical alpha in the NFL, whereas Jalen Waddle is just a really, really good um number two i don't want to call him a number two he's a number two for miami because of of tyree kill but he's a really really good complimentary wide receiver he's not going to be your traditional boundary alpha type guy but he is the more modern quote-unquote alpha that we've seen in a you know smaller guy who's not traditionally the the big go up and win a jump ball type of a guy he's an alpha in the mold of a fantasy wide receiver like a cooper cup uh like a debo samuel kind of in that mold which is extremely valuable but i do still put a little bit of extra value on if a guy can be a more traditional alpha wide receiver and win on the outside um you know because that is more scheme dependent or scheme independent i think jalen waddle's a little scheme, more scheme dependent so marvin harrison jr checking in at 21 just behind Steph Diggs, just ahead of Jalen Waddle, And then I have a pretty significant drop-off, and this is where I got called out. So I, on the show, on the CE200 release show, uh, it was said by somebody who's going to rename, remain nameless, but he is uh, somebody who does a lot of podcasts, and he is somebody who was gracious enough to join me on this show last week. Uh, it was called Criminal that I had Drake May ranked at 51. And I think that, so I was the low man on Drake May. Uh, the other, you know, the person who said it was criminal had him ranked in like the mid thirties. Everybody else kind of seemed to have him ranked in the mid thirties as well. Um, so it's not like I'm that far behind them, but he is still my number three college player overall. 
I just have college players ranked a little bit lower, uh, a little bit more conservatively than some um, other people because I value the I value what we've seen. And not that we haven't seen Drake may be good. We have. He was good in that Phil Longo offense. I think, you know, he's six, four. He's not got the same problems that Sam Howell does. He hasn't had an injury history that we know of. Um, he's def- he's also mobile. Now, I think in terms of mobility, he's probably he rushed for just under 900 yards, I believe, was what was said. If you take if you remove the sack yard yardage from it, which the college side um, counts sacks as negative rush yards. So if you remove that, he had just under like 900 yards rushing, which is fantastic for college. I don't think he does that in the NFL. I think in terms of a rushing quarterback, I think he's more on the Aaron Rodgers spectrum where he can run, he can pick up some yards with his legs, but that's not what's going to scare defenses. And that's not what's going to, you're not going to game plan for that. So I weigh that a little bit lower. Um, He's at 51. He's just behind Anthony Richardson for me. So he would be, he would check in as my QB like 15, 16 ish, uh, which is very good. You know, we haven't even seen two, we've seen one full year of college from him. We're not exactly sure how he's going to translate to the next level. Um, we think he's going to be good. We think he's going to be a top 10 pick. And I, I do agree with most of the people who are saying that. Uh, I feel pretty confident in saying that as well. But one of my issues with Drake May is I think he's going to disappoint from a fantasy, from a college fantasy perspective this year. You know, I, I don't think he's going to finish as a top two, three fantasy quarterback this year on the college side. I think he's probably closer to that QB 10 to 12 range this year. Still very good. Still very good. Um, But I think it's going to be a little bit disappointing. And honestly, it may even be a little bit lower than that because I don't love Chip Lindsey, the offensive coordinator they've brought in there to North Carolina. But uh, the thing with Drake May, he's my number three college player on here. So it's not like I'm low on Drake May. Like I said, I value what we have seen. And we have seen all of these guys that I have ahead of him. We've seen them do it in the NFL. Um, You know, in terms of college players and rookies, the only players that I have ahead of him are Marvin Harrison Jr., Caleb Williams. And then I have Anthony Richardson, JSN, Jameer Gibbs, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Bijan Robinson. That's it. That's all that I have ahead of him in terms of players who have not played a single down in the NFL yet. So, that's more where I have Drake may rank to 51 is we haven't seen him play a single down on the NFL. You know, I know there's a lot of uh, projection that we have to do in this, in, in campus to can game. And, and I'm projecting him to be good. I think, you know, having him as a QB 15 or 16 ish overall is, is high on him. You know, I, I don't quite see the same ceiling that the person who called me out. Uh, I don't quite see the same ceiling. Um, but, you know, I think he can be a, low end QB one or a high end uh, QB two for a long time. I think he, in terms of fantasy numbers is going to be hanging out in the, you know, Dak Prescott range where, like I said, back end QB one, pretty probably high end QB two, pretty much every single year uh, provided he's healthy. So I like Drake may a lot. Me ranking him at 51 is not a down. It's not a slander. It's not a slight on uh, Drake may, but uh, enough about Drake May. He it does lead the cluster of uh, players here that I have for for college uh, in, in this group. So I have Drake May at 51. Then I have Travion Henderson at 52. 
Raheem Sanders at 53, Nick Singleton at 54. And uh, with Sanders and Singleton, that's more or less just splitting hairs. Again, we've seen it for two years now from Sanders. We've only seen it for one from Singleton. I think Singleton probably has a slightly higher ceiling than Sanders does, especially because he reportedly gained a little bit of weight. Sanders did. Um, but I think Raheem Sanders is just as good, if not a better pass catcher. And so I think that kind of offsets a little bit. Um, so those two are very, very close for me. But 53 and 54. 55 is a Mecca Egg Buka. 57 is Quinn Ewers. 58 is Drew Alar. Uh, 59, Quinshawn Judkins, 60, Luther Burden, 61, Branson Robinson, uh, 62, Malachi Nelson, 63, Dante Moore, 64, Arch Manning. Um, so if you notice, there was a 56 missing in there. That is Kyle Pitts for me. Um, I still like Kyle Pitts a lot. I have him slotted in just ahead of Quinn Ewers and Drew Alar, even though those guys are quarterbacks. I think there's a little bit more risk with them. I think that cluster of Drake May, Travion, Raheem Sanders, Nick Singleton, Emeka Egbuka are all um, pretty safe projections to the NFL. So uh, that's why I have Kyle Pitts just behind those guys. Uh, but I do like Kyle Pitts. I mean, he's my fourth-ranked tight end. I have him behind um, Kelsey, Andrews, and Kittle. I think the thing with Kyle Pitts is it's going to take probably another three years until we see him hit his or, or even get close to his fantasy ceiling. Um, you know, he is going to be coming back from an injury. The quarterback play this year is not going to be good with Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke. Um, then they're probably going to draft another quarter. They're going to draft a quarterback in 2024, hopefully assuming they get a high enough draft pick. And then he has a rookie quarterback to deal with. So that's two years of probably like decent, but not high end numbers. Um, so I think it's going to be a little bit until we get to where we want to get with, with Kyle Pitts. I think he's going to get there. Uh, I, it, it just takes a little bit longer for tight end sometimes, but that's why I have him a little bit lower than, than maybe some other people do. Uh, but he is in, that, in the middle of that cluster. And I have that cluster of college players broken out like I said, based on safety from those top guys. And then I have guys that I think have high, high ceilings, um, but just carry a little bit more risk. You know, Quinn, you Quinn Ewers didn't look that great last year. I mean, he looked, he, he looked good at times for sure. Definitely some flashes, um, but not quite as good as we thought he was going to, um, you know, and then we have Drew Alar who hasn't played a full game yet. He hasn't started a full game yet. We like his tools a lot. I think he's going to be very good. Just a little bit of uncertainty. Um, Quinshawn Judkins, I think he's a, a very good player as well. I think the, um, I think the system helps him out a little bit there. Uh, you know, when we saw that with, with Zach Evans as well, I think it's just a very efficient system. That's not a knock on him at all either. You know, Quinshawn Judkins is checking in at my, you know, as my 10th ranked college player here. So I had to do some quick counting, um, so as he's a first round C2C pick, I think very highly of him, but just a little more risk than some of those other guys there. Um, Luther Burden, kind of the same deal. Um, Branson Robinson. And then we have the three freshman quarterbacks, Malachi Nelson, Dante Moore, Arch Manning. I think all three of these guys are very good. I think all three of these guys are going to be high draft picks in the NFL when it comes, but we haven't seen them at all on the field. So there is definitely still some unknown here. Um, 
So we're going to we're going to need to see it from them first, which is why they're hanging out 62, 63, 64. But uh, they're high end players, high uh, you know high potential. Um, so I still like them as top 100 guys. Um, and then that's all of the college players that I had ranked inside the top 100. Obviously, I have more in there later. Uh, but the top 100 is really where the money's made. That's really what we care about. Um, you know, because those guys are all players that we're projecting to be high end high-end players in the NFL at some point. Um, and the last thing that I'll, I'll touch on here is I have a cluster of quarterbacks late um, that's I found to be actually pretty interesting here. So it's a hodgepodge of NFL and college guys. So it's starting at uh, rank 132. I have Jared Goff, Geno Smith, Mac Jones, Matt Stafford, Jimmy Garoppolo, Sam Howell, Ty Simpson, Cade Klubnick, Devin Brown, and Jackson Arnold. Um, this group is all like lower end, mid to low end QB2s, uh, who I don't know exactly what I think of their the, their future. I mean, Mac Jones, I think, is, is safe in terms of his starting role for the next probably like five or plus years. Um, but Jared Goff, I could see him you know, once his time's done and Detroit is done, he could be like a journeyman, Andy Dalton type guy where, yeah, I mean, maybe he gets a bridge job or he gets a spot start here and there, but you know, his, his time as a starter might run out. Geno Smith, kind of the same deal. Matt Stafford been dealing with injuries. Who knows how long he's going to continue to play. Jimmy G signing in Las Vegas, I think definitely helps him. Um, I, you know, this was completed before, that news was released. So I might move him up a couple of spots, but still kind of in that same cluster where I think he's going to be like a mid tier QB two. his longevity is probably a little bit safer given that longer contract. Um, but you know, then we're looking at, at Sam Howell and he's a guy that I like, I liked him coming out and I think that he, uh, has a, a bright future. Um, but the, the problem is uh, we don't know, you know, we don't know what he is, going to be as a starter you know he looked good in one game uh, but still some uncertainty there so that's kind of why he's at the bottom of the nfl group and then i have those college quarterbacks ty simpson kate klubnik devin brown jackson arnold all four of those guys at high-end programs alabama clemson ohio state oklahoma blue blood programs all guys who are um you know projected to start there at some point ty simpson I think is going to take the starting role this year. Kate Klubnick will be the starting quarterback at Clemson this year. Devin Brown is in a fight right now for the starting role. I think he's going to ultimately lose that to Kyle McCord, but the rumor is that Devin Brown is going to stick around and try to be Kyle McCord and sit for two years, start for one and then go. Uh, and I think that that we haven't seen that work yet. Uh, so it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out here with Kyle McCord, but if it goes well, then, you know, we could see it work for Devin Brown as well. And I think Devin Brown is a very talented quarterback, too. So even if he does decide to transfer out, I think he projects pretty well to the NFL level with his tools and, um, you know, with a lot of what we've seen, what we saw from him in high school. And then you got Jackson Arnold, who's a five star freshman going into Oklahoma this year. He's going to sit behind Dylan Gabriel this year for a year. And then presumably the reins are going to be handed over to him. I think he's going to be a high end college option. Uh, and that's another thing with all. All four of these guys, I think they're all going to be like solid 
starters for you on the college side. Ty Simpson with his rushing ability, Cade Klubnick with Garrett Riley there as the offensive coordinator now. I think that's going to help both of those guys. Devin Brown, if he ends up the quarterback at Ohio State, obviously that's a mega producer spot for a quarterback. Oklahoma with Jeff Lebby, kind of the same deal with Jackson Arnold. He should produce, should be good uh, for college fantasy purposes there. I'm a little less sold on him from an NFL perspective. Um, I don't love his tools. He's also a little bit on the smaller side, but coming from Oklahoma, um, a program like that, if he does well for for two years there for them, I could see him still being a first-round quarterback. So I think there's definitely a path there for first round uh, for him. So that's kind of why he's in that tier. But all four of those guys have more risk uh, than some of the other quarterbacks. So I have those QB2s ahead of, him, ahead of them more for safety. But if you're a ceiling type of a guy, I think you take all four of them uh, over any of those NFL quarterbacks that I listed, Goff, Geno Smith, Mac Jones, Matt Stafford, Jimmy G, Sam Howell. Um, Cade Klubnick is one, and and Jackson Arnold are maybe ones who maybe don't have quite as high of an NFL ceiling as, as Ty Simpson and Devin Brown do, but I, I still think that those two guys will have a longer NFL, have a long NFL career. So like I said, if you're more of a ceiling guy, I could definitely understand ranking those four, but ahead of the NFL guys. But I wanted to touch on that cluster because I thought that was that was interesting as I was looking through it. Um, but that is going to do it here for me tonight. Uh, I will be back on Monday um, to be determined who the who the guest will be. Um, tune in to find out because I don't even know at this point. Um, but that uh, that's going to do it for us here tonight. Uh, as always, I'm Colin. And have a good one.